welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. Second Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot, and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, as written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Last week I spoke more about how knowing that these things are going to happen, the earth is going to pass, the heavens shall be dissolved. Knowing that these things are going to happen, he said, what manner of persons do you have to be? So your life, your living, the way you conduct yourself as a Christian should be influenced by knowing that everything on earth is passing. And not just that, also knowing that the promise of God, looking forward to the promise of God, that um, we shall, verse 13, that nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for, wow, we look for new heavens and a new earth Wherein dwelleth righteousness. In this new heaven and the new earth we we are about to go in, there can never be war. There can never be evil. So when people say, if there's God, why are there so much evil? Wait till we get to the new heavens and new earth. And then you will know that God can do something about evil. But now, he's bearing for long so that uh, not willing that many should perish. Or not willing that any should perish. But come to repentance. So, he said, knowing that these things shall be dissolved, what kind of persons ought ye to be? Then it goes on, verse 13 again, it says that, nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, since ye look for such things, be diligent, let's all say diligent. Yes. Say it again, please. Diligence connotes responsibility. It's yours. God won't do it for you. 
you have to put in an effort to do that. So he said, be diligent. Be diligent that he may be found of him in peace. That's very interesting. In peace, without spot, and blameless. That when he comes on you, oh, everything is fine. You, you, are, you are the way you should be. Else, this brings up the question, I know somebody will ask. So, okay, what if he comes and he doesn't find me diligent? Am I no more born again? Am I going to lose heaven? What's going to happen? Oh, there, there's going to be time of rewards and time of disciplining. When you're a believer on this earth, God will constantly dis- put you through programs and systems of disciplining. So it's not always that things will work for you. When God loves you, things will start working against you to a certain extent on earth. Yeah. Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 12, a father chastises the child. It's like if you are without chastisement, you are living in fornication and you are still breaking through. You are a, prop, you are a bastard then. I, I know some of you wouldn't like to see this scripture. But if you are without chastisement, where are all partakers? Ye are bastards and not sons. If you are without disciplining, God must discipline us as believers. He must discipline us to bring us on track. He does that to a pastor a lot of the time. Sometimes when you hear a pastor is in some trouble and sometimes, most of the time before he got into trouble, God was trying to correct him. He's a genuine man, but we all can fault. And when you are working with God, you can't have a free fall. It doesn't happen. Anyone who gets free fall and finally finds yourself on the pit, and then many years later you realize you are falling, you actually were not working with God. These things I'm teaching, if I'm going off within a few weeks, I must know. If I'm working with God. I can't teach this for many, many, many years. Many, many years. And then later I said, I miss God. What's going on? Think about what I just said. What's going on? Was I doing my own thing? Because when you are working with God and God has a message, is speaking through you and you are teaching his people, when you are going off, he will, he will tell you very quickly. Galatians chapter 2 verse 11. Paul, he rebuked Peter. Peter didn't go off. He almost went off by following Judaistic ideologies and uh, behavior. And when Peter came to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Because before the Jews came, he was eating with the Gentiles. As soon as the Jews came, he believed like he me, I'm not. He said, what, what is duplicity? To the extent that even Barnabas was also falling. He was misleading people. Peter, you are too senior to be left to go off like that. But the others who went off, but they, they didn't matter. They were not working with God. So many, many years later, they said we went off. You actually were not working with God. That's interesting. <laughs> so it's, it's important to understand that when God is with you and when God is working through you, things will begin to show as well. There is nothing like a free fall for a believer. How many of you, listen, if you are living in sin and nothing is happening and you go and go, you actually are, likely you are not born again. It's likely. Because any of us 
who fell in sin, who are born again, it wasn't comfortable. From the beginning, it wasn't comfortable. Sorry, I need to put a caveat. From the beginning, it wasn't comfortable. But if you stay there, if you stay there, you become very comfortable with it. And so you'll be broken without remedy. That scripture, proverb. He who often gets corrected and without, it doesn't change. Suddenly, Proverbs chapter something verse something. Yeah, 29 verse 1. He, he that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. It will get to a time where you have lost your ministry completely. It will get to a time where you have lost your family completely. To come to a, get to a time where your health is now gone off and it can, nothing can be done, just prepare to die. Because when you started, God started correcting you, but you turned a, a deaf ear to the corrections of God. And if God loves you, you won't have a free fall. No. The love of God necessitates strict connect, corrections when we go off. That's why any church that doesn't carry out church discipline is not doing the work of God. Church must have church disciplines and restrictions. You can't be a church leader, a church member, and do this and do that. The leadership must call you, call you to account. That you can't do it because of this. You can't be a leader for some time. Because of this, you can't carry on like this. Because of, It is part of Christianity. Yes, but people who cannot submit and be discipled cannot be corrected. And they go around log on and I start attacking pastors, attacking their pastors, I'm going to the next church, I'm going to, it's because you are not being discipled. That's why you change churches like shoes. Ah. And in, in this generation, a lot of people don't like discipleship. Libertinism. Freedom, I have to do what pleases me. What pleases me. Whatever I want to do. Leave me, let me do. That, that, that is the core of the modern day philosophy. No, no, Bernadette, Western modern days, which is being shipped around the world. And if you try to block it, they make it a political issue. If you are without chastisement, then you are a bastard. Let me tell you something. You are disobeying God in some things. He's been talking to you about. If you are a genuine Christian, expect him to give you a slap on the wrist. You might lose your job. You might lose something dear to you. But we, none of us know where it can come from. Because he's the master. He knows how to handle you. So he will not break you without, without remedy. But he will, he will discipline you. Sometimes you might lose your hair. I know some people say, it doesn't matter. The pastor. So pastor, why do you lose your hair? Was it because... Yeah. Something, 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 something. If God loves you, he will chastise you. A father chastises a child in love. It's said in Proverbs and Hebrews also picked it up. Okay, back to the text. So, it says that, wherefore, verse, I'll make sure, yeah, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot. Oh, I like that one. 
whose job is it to make sure by the time Jesus is coming, you are without spots? I said, B, you have to do the diligence. It's not your pastor. It's not the Lord. Oh, the Lord will help me. He will help you. But you have diligence. You have to take responsibility. So, you know, that's my weakness. You have to take responsibility. The reason why we have the Holy Spirit is because we have weakness. He's a helper. So, he said, therefore, where, when I'm weak, I am strong. In Second Corinthians chapter 12. So you can't be making, using a, a human weakness as an excuse. I'm not talking about flawlessness. We all can make, make mistakes. And, but, you see, it's not my job to be on you for your mistake. It's my job to share fellowship, to help us all, both of you and I, to work right. When you go wrong, my job is to try and get you back on track. But the one who is going wrong, it's your job to fight to get back on track. It's not my job to be trying to police you. Are you perfect? Are you, are you doing? It's not my job. My job is to love you. We share fellowships that we can build, both build together and concentrate on my personal struggles. Some people don't, don't have struggles. They have problems that what people are going through. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, take the log that is in your eyes before you can see clear, so you take somebody's speck. So long as other people are concerned, it's very small. You see the size of the moon? Some of us here, you know, the, your, my head is bigger than the moon. When you look at my head, you are close to my head and you look at the moon. My head is bigger because it's very far. It's very, very, very far. When it's far, it's small. But when it's close, somebody's simple hair and head can block you from seeing a lot of things on the stage. <laughs> the stage is very wide. But somebody head. Why? Because when it is close to you, it's bigger than when it's far. So your problem, your weakness is bigger than the weakness you see in others. So take the long from your eyes before you can see that small peck somewhere. So, let me come back because I've got quite a few things to explain. It says that be diligent to be found of him in peace and without spot and blameless. Verse 15 says, and account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. Account, in other words, consider it like that. Don't think God is he's, um, weak. Don't think God doesn't care about the way you are going. Don't think he doesn't. He does. But account that is salvation. Now, let me go into theology a little bit. When you talk about salvation, what kind of salvation is this? Because does that mean some people will lose their salvation by the time Jesus is coming? What it says, account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. If you remember in First Peter, I taught on the three stages of salvation. I taught about the initial salvation. In First Peter, some of you have forgotten, but if you go back to listen to the message, First Peter chapter 1. I spoke about initial salvation. I spoke about the uh, progressive salvation. The title was actually progressive salvation. And I spoke about the 
complete salvation. Right, so what's the difference? What, what do you, you know, in John 3, 15, John 3, 15 talks about how whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You'll be saved. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should not perish. John 3, 18. John 3, 18 um, says that he that believes on him is not condemned. That, that is a very important. You remember Paul said there is now therefore no condemnation. The means to that no condemnation, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. The means to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where they say there is now no more condemnation is John 3, 18, where it says that he that believeth on him should not is not condemned. But he that believeth not is already condemned. You understand? So if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, the only begotten of God, you are not condemned. That is the initial salvation. That is what brings us our salvation. Romans chapter 3, verse 24, 25, 26. Romans 3, 24, 25, 26. Being justified freely, hallelujah, by the grace, by, by his grace, through rede the, the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25 and 26. Who God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So we put faith in his blood and it becomes a propitiation to declare his righteousness, that's God's righteousness, for the rem remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. The 26 says that to declare, I say, at, at this time, his righteousness, that he, God might be just and the justifier of those who, that's what? Did you see the belief? The Roman, uh, John 3, 18. Believing. Believing brings you into justification. It brings you into sanctification. Or it brings you into redemption. It brings you in, in regeneration. It brings you into reconciliation. All this relationship that we talk about. Salvation, reconciliation, justification, regeneration, propitiation. All these things that we, are, we talk about. When you believe, those believers, us who are believers, that's what we get. And we've taught what justification means. Justification means you are right with God. The just shall live by faith. God said, you're okay. God said, you're okay. In spite of all the things you did in the past, it doesn't matter. Now you believe that Jesus died on your cross and he's the son of God, you're fine. That's how come the thief could go to the thief on the cross to make it to paradise. He hadn't done anything good in the past, but he believed good. He believed good and that's the, so that is what we call the initial salvation. All right. But we also have the progressive salvation. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It says that, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto, uh, uh, unto what? Salvation. What kind of salvation? We, we, to be revealed. So uh, there's a certain salvation that hasn't come yet. There's a salvation that is ready to be revealed. We are being kept anyway unto a salvation. Look at verse 9. The verse 9 talks about re receiving the end of your faith. Ah, uh ah. -uh. The salvation of your souls? Not your spirit. Your soul. Spirit is saved. Soul is being transformed. So the entirety of your Christian life on earth 
is going through this transformation, progressive salvation. We are being changed gradually so we can be conformed into the image of Christ. So you have, I guess for a time after being in the Lord for some time, you realize that you have actually changed. You have been saved from this kind of behavior, saved from this kind of feelings, saved from this kind. I used to, I used to. We are, sometimes body still is going through salvation. We are being saved. So we have been saved. We are being saved and we shall be saved. Let, let me jump, jump and just move on to um, the progressive salvation. And so complete salvation. Now complete salvation is when um, Romans chapter 8 verse 23, it talks about we ourselves, we are groaning. Because this earth, you see, there are times you are tired. We'll be safe from this, you know. We'll be safe from this. So, safe from the body, this thing the body is going through. So, it says that, not only that, but we ourselves, which have the, we have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our bodies. And that, that is the ultimate salvation. Where you, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, we are transformed. Hallelujah. He said, for, uh, we shall be, uh, 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 who shall change our vile, this is, how many of you know your body is vile? If you don't know, you don't bath for three days and you see your body is vile. Look at the way you look posh, posh and wonderful. Nice, nice rice enters your body. Within few hours, you have changed the thing. Hey, what kind, what kind of body is this? We get tired. We get weak. We get hungry. We get angry. We get frustrated. Different, different things happen to us. It's because we are human. Nobody is superhuman. We are human. So if you want faulty people, you always find. If you want fault, the only one who was faultless was Jesus. Pastor, that thing touched me one day when I saw it. He said, which of you accuses me of sin? That thing touched me. I saw that about three years ago. I said, you see, a pastor should begin to aim towards that. In the book of John, I think chapter 8 or chapter 5, there's a, chapter 8. Which of you convicts me of sin? So which of you convicts me of sin? You can say that you, you saw me do anything wrong. Hey, that's Jesus. Which of, he was, and he was telling his enemies. Who scrutinized everything. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, Bible said he was tempted at all points just like us. And yet, what? Yet, without Without yet, it was impeccable. That's why it says that uh, I'm going off, but is that okay? Yes, but in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, also 27, it said, Such a high priest is fitting for us who has passed through the heavens. So without is holy, who is holy, harmless, undefined, separated from sinners. Hey. It's, it's different. It's different. Angel didn't appear to him to tell him anything. Before he became something. He is different. He's God in the flesh. That is why Bible says that for you will not suffer your holy one. 
His holiness meant there's no way sin can hold him down. Death could hold him down. Because the handle of death is sin. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 56, the sting of death is sin. Without sin, death can sting. It's in your Bible. The sting of death, let's read it aloud. One more time. For the last time. Death looks for sin inside you to execute. So that's why sin is a personal problem. It's not somebody's problem. It's your problem. Because it's killing something godly in you. A godly marriage that you are going to have. A godly family life you are going to have. A godly promotion you are going to have. A godly opportunities that are coming your way. Sin is killing it. Had it not been for the problem of compromise, we compromise in the areas of sin. I believe many people in the church would be, have been married who are still in waiting. You compromise your Christian stance and it, it, it disengaged God's involvement in your pursuit. And later on you went and went and realized that you are on your own. And then the enemy begins to disappoint you. Then you go, God, please help me. God, please help me. He will, but just take your time. He's trying to build something in you first. It's just general and everything. The sting of death is sin. You tell me, I, it's my life. I'll do what I want to do. That's okay. Sure. But, Thing, but guess what? Because Jesus did not have sin, death couldn't hold him. Bible said, for it was not possible for death to hold him. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. Because it was possible that he should be holding by death. Why? Because there's no sin in him. There's no sin in him. Because for you will not suffer your holy one. He was so holy, sin. Bible said he was resurrected by the spirit of holiness. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. Declared to be the son of God according to the actually spirit of holiness by the resurrection. So Jesus Christ is the only one or was the only one who was without fault. That's why I could ask the people. That's powerful, sir. God help us all to get there. Which of you can accuse me or convict me of sin. Wow. But the same person told the people, whichever of you is without sin, let him just do the first. That's why he's fitting to be our savior. Is there, is there, for such a priest, is fitting. Is there in your Bible? For such a high priest, for such a high priest, was fitting for us. Fitting. So you have a very appropriate, qualified savior. Anyway, so ultimate salvation, it says that for those, verse 29 of Romans chapter 8, for those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image. And that's where we are going. That's ultimately. To be conformed into the image of his dear son. That he might be the first one among many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, then we call, we call, then we also justify, then we justify, 
glorified. That's the ultimate. But if you are not careful, you won't enter into the glory and the joy of the Lord. So you are, you are saved, you are being saved, but because of your compromise, when it comes to the reward and enjoying and reigning with Christ, you will be disqualified. That's why Paul speaks about, I beat my body, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. Say, I don't fight like I'm someone beating the air. My Christian life must have purpose. Don't say, okay, they say we should fast, let me fast. They say we should tight, let me tight. And somebody said tight is no good. Ah, really? Then they, I've been waiting for something like that already. So let me... Let me just go and blow my money. I've always believed that somebody must say this thing is wrong. <laughs> it's the last of your heart. That's making you choose your teachers like that. <laughs> anyway, you are fighting like someone beating the air. Paul said, I don't like someone beating the air. But I bring my body under. Hey, that's very. He said, but I keep under my body. And bring this body, this body that has fought. Sometimes when you are fighting somebody and you manage to wrestle him, you pin him to the ground, try and get up. But, you see, get up. Make sure you are getting up. <laughs> Listen, sister, that's what you be doing with your Christian life. Keep your body under, brother. Keep your body under. He's getting up always. But keep it under. Don't think one, we, uh, one month fasting will stop it. After fasting, you try to rise up again. After, after eight hours of prayer, it will, it will try to rise up. So he said, I put on the screen. Some of you didn't know that that's in the Bible. So you want the pastor's prayer to do it for you. No. I keep the pastor, this is the pastor talking, apostle. I keep my body and bring in his subjection. I, Busily going to the gym by your spirit. So, but look at what he said. That I myself will not. Huh? What does that mean? Be a castaway? Castaway? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That wicked servant, be cast into outer darkness. They are all servants. Same servants of the Lord. So, the, the, the complete salvation, if you miss it, that's why God will delay that you will be able to prepare yourself for the complete salvation. Work yourself. Other than that, when the supper of the lamb, you will not be in the appropriate garment. You'll be thrown out. That's what Jesus said. So go and bring everybody. And then they found a guy who was not wearing the appropriate garment. He said, hey, sir, how did you come in here without the appropriate garment? They said, Take him, bind him, hand and foot, and cast him into outer darkness. You are free to come in, but the way you stay in will determine how the ultimate, and that's not hell. That's not hell. It's a place of chastisement. You will enjoy the, the glory of the Lord. In 2 Timothy 4.18, Paul was talking about, um, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. That's one. That's it. To whom be glory. Is the heaven, there's a place that God wants to bring us into. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, it says that in bringing many sons into glory, the ultimate salvation is bringing us into glory. He's bringing us into glory. And so, when we talk about 
Now, let's look at the text again in the context of these salvation things. Accounting that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. God is delaying for your salvation, not the initial salvation, because the initial salvation, you won't perish, according to um, John chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Look at it. John 10, 28, 29. This is a very important text. It says that, and I give, I give unto them, that's talking about verse 27, says, I know my sheep. Look at verse 20. Let's get into context. My sheep hear my voice, and I know my sheep, and they follow me. Look at the next verse. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man be able to plug out. So this eternal life, for whoever believes in him should not perish. This is what he's talking about. So when you believe and you are saved, you are not going to be plucked out of his hands. But that is the initial salvation. Look at the next verse, verse 29. My father which gave, uh, gave, gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. So he said, those who have believed and God has given them to me and are saved, they are eternally saved. That's eternal salvation. But we are being saved. And the, the ultimate is to enter the glory. Those he, glor- he justified, he glorified. But that glory, some people will not enter when Jesus is coming. So that's what Paul was talking about. And that's what Peter is talking about. That you have to the, consider it that God's delay is actually giving you opportunity to enter into the ultimate salvation. Now, let's go to Ephesians 15. Even as our beloved, he used the term beloved. It's like dear brother. Our beloved... Our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Watch this. Let's go back to the, what we are talking about. We are talking about God is going to come. There's a new heaven coming. There's a new, uh, there's a new earth coming. The old one shall pass away. And because of that, there's a certain way we should live. And he says that, counting that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, according to us, the wisdom given, has also written unto you. So, look, look, this is very interesting. Now, Peter starts by always making reference, if you remember, making references to the prophets. So, Peter, in First Peter chapter 1, he spoke about how the prophets, verse 10 and to 12, how the prophets of old inquired this salvation. That same salvation thing, you remember, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and said diligently, who prophesied, and he spoke about, he made reference that what this prophet spoke about is not different from what I'm speaking about. And then you come to Second Peter, and he still picks up on the prophets in chapter 1, verse, all the way from verse 12, where he spoke about, the, verse 21, he says that the scripture was not given by man's prophet in the private interpretation, but holy men of God. The prophets, when they spoke, they were the holy men of the prophets were moved. So Peter is trying to, he's, in his presentation, in his submission, he kept making references to what the prophets have said. And what he was saying is that all oh, the false prophets try to challenge what the prophets have said. But what I'm writing is in line with what the prophets have said. Because, you know, I, I remember, I think chapter, the beginning of chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, please, from verse 1. This again, I written unto you, in which I stand up your pure mind. Verse 2. That they may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the Holy Did you see that? By the Holy Prophet and the commandments of the apostles. 
So now he's trying to say that these things I'm writing is in agreement with the apostles and the prophets and apostles of Jesus Christ, which Jesus Christ has commanded. Now this is very important. So he never distanced and separated himself from what scripture has already been saying. Then he gets to verse 15 and he says that these things, our beloved brother Paul has written about these things. Well, you know what's beautiful? He was trying to lend credibility to what Paul was saying. How can you talk about the New Testament ministry without making reference to Paul? He wrote about 13 letters in the New Testament out of the 27. He wrote a lot. So you can't be talking about the New Testament ministry without making reference to Paul. That's one. And number two, he was trying to say, there's really no difference between what Paul has been saying and what I'm saying. Corinthian church. The Corinthian church always brought bringing division. Now what this one is preaching is different from what this one is preaching. Is different from what they are all calling their preachers. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse, verse 11 and verse 12. So it has been reported to me. For it has been declared unto me, of you, my uh, brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions amongst you. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says that, now this I say, that every one of you said, I am of Paul, I am of Paulos. Uh, give me uh, uh, another version, um, new, new international version. Say first. Okay, that one told you. Give me new, another uh, new NIV. Um, say first, which is Peter, actually. Right, see if I say. So someone say me, I'm, I'm on impulse camp. Others are saying I'm on Apollo's camp. Others are, we are bringing division. What Paul is saying is not different from what I'm saying. Peter was making reference to the fact that Paul's letters are also addressing these things I'm addressing. The message of the New Testament ministry, watch this, number one, is in line with what the prophets have said. And number two, it's the same. If you're an apostle, you won't say something different from what the other apostles are saying. If you start saying something different from what the other apostles are saying, your apostolicity is questionable. So, <laughs> if you are saying something different. And so, Paul said, what I am saying, our beloved brother, I like that terminology, beloved brother. He was telling the people who were listening to him that, our beloved brother, Paul has also written about these things. He says that um, even as our beloved brother Paul, according, he used the word, the wisdom given to him. Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, he said, I, as a wise master builder, the man had some level of wisdom as a wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, verse 8, verse 9. He said, we speak wisdom. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the world unto our glory, verse 8, unto our glory, which none of the prince of this world knew, for if they are not, they, are not, they will not glory. Look at verse 9. Verse 9. Eye has not seen, no ear. So he was making reference to the fact that we speak wisdom. No wonder Peter says that the things which Paul wrote, which, give us Peter again. The second Peter. According to the wisdom given unto him, God gave him some wisdom. And he wrote something. Now, this is getting very interesting. He has written unto you. I'm writing to you. He has also written some things unto you. And this then, look at the next statement. Verse 16. Verse 16. Also, as in eh, all his epistles, can you imagine? 
He puts his thumbprint on all his epistles. He said, everything Paul has written, I endorse. I recommend. That's, 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 that's apostolic unity. They were one. The message is one. The message, sometimes it's very easy to want to preach a message others have never heard. So that you are very, you have deep insight. Revelation. I'm coming with revelation. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. There's nothing new. The controversies of Christianity has ne- didn't start today. It started in the days of the apostles. The same, con- one saved, forever saved. Uh, baptism. This, uh, most of the tongues and all those things. It has been going. Listen, Antioch at a point in time was the center of Christianity. It moved from Jerusalem to Antioch. Was the center. And today, and then the, the, all those, the letters to the seven churches of Asia. That's modern day Turkey. No, but the Turkey is 99.8% Islam. That was at a point in time when Jesus was writing a letter to the church. That was the tent of Christianity. But you know what has caused the problem? It wasn't the preaching. They began to get divided and wrong doctrines. That's why Peter started inoculating them very quickly. Wrong doctrines destroyed the church than anything. It even destroyed the church faster than sin. Because when your doctrine is wrong, your sin will be cool. You will sin comfortably. So that is a, the, 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 the church declines when we deviate from doctrine. That's why Peter was so strong on false teachers. False teachers. That this they are teaching. Let's watch them. Let's watch them. Let's watch them. And sometimes people want to be the one to teach something nobody has said. We have to be wary of such. Deep. Hmm. I know our generation will like deep, especially there's a brand of new generation Christians. New generation, they want deep things, and they, most of them are not committed to any church. And they actually want revelations that don't play the church. Your revelation is weak and porous, and is not authentic if it don't place the church. And uh, I know what I know what they will say. The church is not just gathering in a building. The church, oh, look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you. Paul didn't talk about some things. But when he was writing the letter, he said, when you gather. When you gather. He, he, didn't, he didn't touch on it, but he was talking about gathering. Christian gathering is part of Christianity. If you don't belong to a gathering, you are not living a Christian life. You are not. You are not living the full Christian life in full. And you are definitely likely to miss the ultimate salvation. He said, do not forsake the gathering. of it. They continued the apostles' fellowship. He said in Acts chapter 4, verse 23-24, when they were let go, they went to their own company. And it was when the company had prayed where the place shook. It wasn't when one person, when Paul was praying alone, he had a vision to leave the city. God said, leave, they will kill you. Leave the, leave the town. But when you're talking about church moving revelations and movements, check, the Holy Ghost came into a company. Jesus even didn't send them one by one. Send them two by two. Because the Christian, Christian life, he didn't, that's why I keep saying, never say my father who after in heaven. It won't work. <laughs> so Paul, Peter makes reference to Paul, that our beloved Paul has written, based on the wisdom of God, yeah, wisdom given to him. 
um, verse 16, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, ah, that's, uh, this, uh, that's deeper, this is too much, so I have to, I probably have to follow. He was speaking in, in them of what these things, what are these things he's talking about? The things I'm teaching. And time will not permit me, maybe I have to pick it up. The, the spectrum of the Peter's teaching. Do you know what Peter was teaching from the beginning? You notice that he kept talking about foreordained, our salvation. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Based on the foreknowledge of God, according to the foreknowledge of God. This is before everything started. So Peter takes his teaching, First Peter 1, 20, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the earth. He takes his teaching from eternity past. Started making references from eternity past and all the way to eternity future. That one day everything will go and new heaven and heaven. So Peter's, the spectrum of his teaching was brought from eternity past to current living and the eternity future. And he says that these things I'm talking about, Paul also wrote the same things. The interesting thing is that Paul focused on the grace of God. So the core of Paul's message, he spoke a lot about the grace, the grace, the grace. The core of John's message was the love of God, love of God, love of God. The core of Peter's message was the righteousness of God, righteousness of God, righteousness of God. Paul spoke heavily about the grace of God. Peter spoke heavily about the righteousness of God. And John spoke heavily about, but they were all speaking the same. Same. And he spoke about, he also spoke about these things, which he said, some of the things he said are hard to understand. What? Paul wrote things that are hard to understand. Which they that are not well taught, they that are unlearned and unstable. Some people are very unstable, according to the chapter 2, verse 40. Unstable. These are unstable. They rest. Peter. They, they rest. They, they, they twist. When I was, I normally don't like going to New, Interna- and, uh, New Living Translation and Message Bible, especially when I'm trying to break text down. Because most of the time, it might not do it justice. People say, oh, let's see how it's put in modern day language. But sometimes it doesn't do justice to the, it's not to the integrity of the text. But really, New Testament strong, really Christ-centered, cross-centered teaching, you are better off staying on New uh, uh, King James, New King James, New International Version, English Standard Version, New American Standard Version, and I rest there. I will, uh, how about Amplify? That's not bad. It's, it's kind of. Uh, you must hear this from your pastor. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear this from your pastor. But as I end, in, in the, the message, or should I use the message or NIV? A, 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 NLT. Which one do you prefer? Okay, should we use the two? I like the way message put it about how people have misinterpreted Paul's statement. Paul writes, uh, uh, Paul writes, writes, uh, some things Paul writes are difficult to understand. Irresponsible people who don't know what they are talking about, twist them. <laughs> twist them every which way. Paul is saying things, if you are not careful, you would tell something Paul is teaching and twist it for a political move. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.